You are listening to a podcast from West Hill United Church located in Scarborough, Ontario, Canada. These podcasts are made possible by the generous support of our listeners, volunteers, and members of our community. To donate, go to our website, www.westhill.net, and click on the Canada Helps button, or go to www.westhill.net forward slash donate. All right, children, sit down, please. <laughs> Including you rapscallions at the back. <clears throat> we wish to acknowledge that we are on the traditional territory of the Mississaugas of the New Credit First Nations lands, which lands were previously occupied by the Seneca and the Wendat First Nations. Welcome to West Hill, and I think our congregation has doubled since last week. There's <laughs> sparse times. Grounded, guided, and growing are good things to be, to be doing. And I just reversed it a couple times. Life, all of it, to be grounded in it. And love, to be guided by it. And wisdom to be growing in it. I hope that's been your week. And the growing part means that you're a little different than you were last time you were here. And growing also means because we're together today, maybe that there'll be more growing that happens if we're open to that. Just going to play a little bit um, as we go into our sharing time. And and um, to, to take the time to actually remember this we go so fast some of us go so fast and this is a good time to think back into those big strong realities that are there no matter what's happening in our personal life (laughs) the readings the first reading they're all very short Pythagoras was born in 581 BCE He was a Greek philosopher, a scientist, and a mathematician. He proposed that the world was a sphere and not a flat disk, and developed a theory that the square of the hypotenuse is equal to the sum of the squares of the two other sides. How many of you remember that? Grade 10. (laughs) And he said, Above all things, reverence yourself. The second reading was by Montaigne, a French writer, a lawyer and a judge born in 1533. His insightful essays deal with fear, happiness, motivation, experience, and action. Actually, he's the one, I believe, who coined the word essay. It means I tried. As an early humanist, he promoted the practice of doubt, frequently asking himself, what do I know? He urged people to know themselves well and live with dignity and peace. 
he wrote this brief confession. Not being able to govern events, I govern myself. And that's harder than you think. Reading number three, from Seneca the Elder, he was a Roman statesman, a lawyer, a writer and a critic born in 60 BCE. And he wrote, What progress, you ask, have I made recently? I have begun to be a friend to myself. Offered his wisdom for the journey. Back up, back up. I, I, I wrote that slide. I didn't know it was going to turn into a cursive sort of look. I, I just had it that on my computer, which, which I wanted that sort of stark blankness, but now it's fancy. That's the letter I in whatever font Greta uses on these things. But make it look starkly just I, I. Um, uh, a few weeks ago I started that, an idea in the grounded time and, and Donna Standish came to me and we expanded it as we talked and I was, I was going with the thought that when, when we talk about again, it's not a formula it's not a, a dogma it's not a ritual it's just an idea about uh, being grounded in, in this interconnected web of life that's, that's, what we get our, that's where we get our facts from not from a particular book or not from a particular person not from a t- particular culture or tradition but from this life thing that we're all part of and we draw down from that and then the idea of, of being guided by love and gets that second mental health need. The first is, who are we? And the second is, where do we belong? And the third is, what, what do we do that matters? What's our influence and our impact? And we talked about that for a minute. So I thought for the next three, uh, next three times together, I would, I would flesh that out a bit because it's so important in the whole world of me and my life and you and your life and us and our life together and our life beyond these walls. Um, so I put a few quotes, I think they're on the slide, so in the next slide is that idea of identity, sense of self, and then belonging, and your influence and your impact. When those are cooking well within you, you've got a stability, you've got a a groundedness, you've got a a stable way of walking through life no matter what's happening around you. Now, we all fluctuate and flubber and all this sort of stuff, but those those are the three of the pillars that are there. The next slide is a quote the truth is your identity has already been stolen. Now that's, a very, that's a big thing. We have a, an expert on that sort of thing right now, but, here, uh, but that idea of, of our identity, uh, I hear all the time, identity theft and all that, So you're ident- but that's a, a very cynical one. The next one is, I don't need to worry about identity theft because no one wants to be me, so nobody, wants, nobody would swap. And I, I mean, you're probably in high school, but I wish I was, I wish I was, but they always say if you knew the whole picture, you'd stay where you are, which is something. The next slide says, Oscar Wilde says, be yourself, everyone else is already taken. So you can't be anyone else but you, you're stuck with that. And the next is very profound, and it says, Inside us, there is something that has no name. That something is what we are, is what we are. And that's what I wanted to talk about today. So I have a few books to show you. This is the Encyclopedia of Marine Gastropods. It's one of my treasured favorite books. I have, I have read it totally. It is a complete compendium of gastropods. Now, gastropods, as you know, 
are mollusks with only one piece to them, gastropods, as opposed to bivalves, which have two pieces. So there's a whole other one. And I have 27 of these things at home on shelves, and they all are identifying mollusks. I'm sure you have a similar shelf at home um, with the identification. But the neat thing is, they all look very much the same, excepting that they are not. They have an identity all their own. And they not only have an identity called shell, um, which is used, used to be how they were identified scientifically by the shell, until they invented microscopes and, and other ways of looking at the DNA, and they found that a lot of shells that looked the same weren't in the same family at all, and, 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 and shells that didn't look at all were in the same family, so they've discovered it. Identify. What is their identity? And if you know, of course, um, the taxonomy of... Isn't this interesting? The taxonomy of, of, of any living thing has two parts to it in Latin, and the first is its genus, it's the genera, and the next is the species, and right down to the last little subspecies and subgenera, so it gets an identity. We know what it is. And it's in Latin because everyone in the world speaks Latin. And, well, you know, the, wherever you go, it's called that. As opposed to a scallop, where if you went to Portugal, it wouldn't be called a scallop. But it would also always be called pectineta. So that's the, the beauty of that. Um, <laughs> I'll tell you something very, very personal. Um, I was recovering from a hip operation. And I was sore and weak and vulnerable. Not really. But. And, and I had a visitor to, to my sick room. Um, and she came to see me. And I was, I guess, still under anesthetic to, to a point. And I went on and on and on about the crisis in taxonomic organization of some gastropods. I evidently went on too long about this. And so this person said to me, I don't know, I listen to CBC all the time and I haven't heard a word about it. And I, I was most offended by that and never invited her back. But it's the world of identifying. And I want to just throw this in it. The shell is not that name. We've given it that name. Is it, it's itself whether we identify it or not. But we've given it the name. Now, this, I think I've shown you this before. This is an encyclopedia of nudibranchs. Nudibranchs are even smaller than most shells. They are little beings that live in, in, in the ocean, mostly this big, and they are gorgeous. They're gorgeous for no reason at all. And this is an encyclopedia that identifies thousands of them. You didn't even know there were two of them, did you? But there's thousands of them, and they all have an identity. They are all named with the two names. And I've got this book. I ordered it. I had to actually ask Greta's permission because it was a little odd to get an encyclopedia of Nuba de Banks. And she said, yes. And she was writing her first book up at Starbucks. And I went up. I was so excited when it came. And I had her look through every page with me. She indulged me. Uncharacteristically. <laughs> A complete guide to our museum of living collections, the Key West Tropical Forest, 
and botanical garden. We were just there, and you can walk through the garden, and it has identified everything in that garden, and you can follow the path and find out what is that. And I walk around with this, what is that, what is that, what is that? And I'm just it's named with a double name. It's been identified, but only by us. It was already there. It had its own identity before we taxonomically identified it. Now, you wonder why the emphasis on taxonomy, but the people that are working with taxonomic identities are very important people because they are using it for the preservation of, of, of ecosystems and to not even know what it is and what it's like, how can we help it? So there's a lot of work with identifying what's out there. The Devil's Dictionary. How many know Ambrose Bierce is the Devil's Dictionary? Please buy it and read it. You will laugh your head off. Ambrose Bierce was a fellow that wrote the dictionary with his cynical and sarcastic and wonderfully witty definitions for everything in the dictionary. And he has renamed words. They are now his cynical and funny definition. It's well worth reading. Um, he's dead now, um, but very clever. Uh, he, ident- he re-identified things. And lastly, my hero, my hero in life, one of my heroes in life is Douglas Adams. Douglas Adams, who wrote The Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy and Dirk Gently's Holistic Detective Agency and The Long Dark Tea Time of the Soul. Familiar to all of you. Well worth reading. Um, clever, clever, clever. He also did a um, 10, 20 years ago, he did a, a trip with a naturalist and they wrote the book called Last Chance to See. And they went to see 10 different species that were on the brink of extinction. And then Stephen Fry, as a, re, as a reprise of that, did the same trip with the same naturalist 10 years later and saw a darker picture. But Douglas Adams, he has written The Meaning of Lift. The Meaning of Lift. And he and, and John Lloyd went through every town in Wales and said, no, that's not what that means. This is what it means. And it's the funniest book in the world. He re-identified all the towns in Wales without their permission. It's the funniest thing in the world. Read it. So, identification. So, I crossed the border. What did I have to show them? Passport. When I was young, you didn't have to show your passport to cross that particular border. I had to show my passport. But many, many times if I'm... Well, if I'm at the library and I forgot my library card, they'll say, may I see your license? Because they want me to identify myself. And usually you can't do it without a picture, so they know it's you. When the phone rings and you pick it up and you say hello, and if I said, uh, is that John? John would say, it is, what would he say? It is me, or would he say, is it, it is I? Um, if he said I, he would be correct, but I would laugh. <laughs> he might say, it's me. And he says, is it John? Yes, it's John. I can't see him, but yes, it is. It is incredible to me how many people we recognize by their voice alone. You hear someone, you think, I mean, we all are just a voice box, but we identify many, many people by the sound of their voice. Who am I? What am I? Now, what I want to, to, to play with today is not what am I like, not an adjective, but the noun. What am I? Who am I? And we do this in so many ways. Your place of birth. You are a what? What are you? But it, what, we are Canadian. Are you an Ontarian? Yes. Uh, a Torontonian? How many here are Torontonians? <laughs> Mike? GTA, huh? 
Oh, okay, so where he was born and where he lives, that's right. Uh, we also do it, I am a, and it's my occupation that comes out. I am a social worker. I am a teacher. I am a mom. I am a dad. And all of those, I am a teacher, I am a dad, I am a, a spouse, I'm a partner, all are connected to something else outside of me that defines who I am and what I am. Um, I'm religion to it. I am a Catholic. I am a Baptist. I am a... We never know what we are here, do we? We never know what to say. We're just here. We're here. We're here. Um, and then there's the idea of assigning an ID, ID, identity to someone. He, he is a... She is a... They are a... And we already know. So one of the... If I use that same word again, he is a Catholic. I then assume a list of things that I know, I know, a Catholic is. Not even does, just is. He's a Catholic. Okay, I already know this about him. That label did it. She is an atheist. I don't think anyone would misunderstand that. Do you think there would be any trouble with it? <laughs> just a little, but, but the, and that, that's been a real eye-opener for me. Greta absolutely assumed that her training and her, her background, that the, the, her colleagues would get exactly what that word meant, which is that you don't believe in a theistic God, which is just a belief. It's got nothing to do with your morals or your ethics or anything else. It's purely a metaphysical belief. But we've gone many places where people load that term with other identifying marks and they're not necessarily the fact at all. So you do a lot of explaining and clearing. And then when I've, I've done one of those assumptions, I may clear it up with someone someday. It may be that ten years later I realize, oh, not all Catholics do. But I can't go back to that person and say, you know, I had you quite in a box and I didn't let you out because I didn't know that then. So there's that. And then there's more serious ones, more serious identifications. And, and these are so broadly talked about, sometimes we, we forget how hugely important it is for the individual. But to identify someone via his or her race. And I know we, we, you're very familiar with this, but I still work with people that say, I know when they see me at a job interview, it's different than just my name on the piece of paper. Uh, I, I have a different identity because of my race. Uh, there's the old story of the two legal secretaries in Manhattan who worked for two separate lawyers. They'd never met, ever met, but they talked many, many times on the phone and, and faxed each other, faxed each other uh, back and forth. And, and one time, after years and years of this, this uh, camaraderie on this way, um, in this way, uh, decided, let's get together at a restaurant. And so they picked a restaurant in the middle of Manhattan, and, and they, I think one of them said, I'll put a carnation on the, on, the, on the table or something. So one person got there early, sat there for a long time. This person got there a little later, walked in, saw the carnation, saw the woman sitting there, turned around and walked back out, and only talked business with her anymore because she saw the person was black. That has stuck with me all my life. That had nothing to do with their... They had a relationship already with none of those assumptions in them. There may have been some. We are legal secretaries. We, there could have been uh, layers. But that one said, oh, you're that. I didn't know you were that. Which trumped, evidently, everything else that they had developed in a relationship, which is such a, 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 an assault. 
someone's socioeconomic class becomes their identity and they, they live with that, they feel that. Even when we don't think we're doing that to someone, they can feel that in language, in opportunity, in that sort of thing. Certainly political. I had so many people tell me while we were away and, and both times away in the States, um, one, one checkout fellow a few days ago said, I, I do live here, but I didn't vote for him. I want you to know that right away. Because, and when I was, I'm a Republican, but I didn't. And so the, the lock, the lockness. I don't think I'm this because of that word. Let me tell you who I am and what I believe and what I think. Um, and I liken the word to 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 a prison. The, the labels, the identity we assume without even knowing we're doing it can lock someone in a prison. And I want to talk about that a little later, the locking idea. And then, and then there's personal words. And maybe you even felt like this, that you've identified yourself as, I am a failure. I, not that I failed, but I am a failure. And my identity, that's very different than saying I failed at something. And so that's when I'm coming back to that core strength of identity of being uh, uh, what, what, what holds you together when you have failed so that you are now not a failure. Or I am, or he is, or who, and we do this, a loser. And that, used, that word is used so often in school situations and whatever. He's a loser. And then, not that he lost, not that he isn't, there, but he is a. And then that label takes over. Um, even he or she is a minister. He is a priest. He is a doctor. Um, I'm going to move a little into religious ideas because they are so full of labels. Um, the label, a sinner. She is a sinner. You are a sinner. That is preached for many, many pulpits. You are a... Not that you've done something wrong. You are a sinner. That's what you are. And whatever else you are, you are also a sinner. Your identity. And... The idea of that means, well, maybe your background isn't this, but there was the saved and unsaved. You're saved and you're unsaved. It's not you're getting saved or almost saved or whatever. You're saved or you're unsaved in a fundamentalist way of being. That's identity. You are an unsaved, reprobate sinner. Now you're saved and you're one. And, and, and that's decided by something you say or believe or do or whatever. But there's all sorts of identity. I am naming you this because this book says that that's what you are if that's the state you're... And that's a prison. That's a real prison to lock someone into um, without it being drawn from our idea of the interconnected web of life. It doesn't come from that. It comes from people's ideas of locking people in. So, grounded in life, part of the web of life, what does that tell me about me, about you, that's a fact, not a belief. And, and I have a next, the, the next, uh, yeah, there. It, was that, has that been up there all the time? It was supposed to be asked a question. Why does that eye look like that? You were thinking that, weren't you? You skipped over something I said because you were concentrating on that eye. The next slide, Peter. Grounded in life, alive, a living being, a human being, conscious, thinking, feeling, reflecting, planning, choosing, reacting, responding, growing. I'm just going to do that again. Drawn from our base idea of the interconnectedness of all life, just life, life. This is identity. 
each one of us in this room and each one of us on this planet, and, and you think I'm off here, put your hand up, say, no, I don't think that applies. Alive. You, you are alive. I think Elaine remarked on that this morning. You're, you're here, you're alive, you woke up this morning. A living being. Whatever else you are, whatever other labels have crowded into your life, you are a living being, which I strongly think is worth celebrating every day. I am a living being. I am a human being. And I, I hesitate with this list. What I'm here is assuming a level of health, and I'm not extricating them from this list, this, 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 but generally speaking, conscious thinking, feeling, reflecting, planning, choosing, reacting, responding, growing human being is what I am. It's identity. And that gets lost so easily in all the other labels and all the other ideas of it. But this is, I almost want to tell every morning, I am a living being, conscious, thinking, feeling, reflecting, planning, choosing, reacting, responding, and growing. Next slide, Peter. I am part of the amazing web of life, a bona fide, bona fide, member of it. An authentic, genuine, real, true, legitimate, unalloyed, I like that, sterling member of the family of life. I almost wanted to write a song. I didn't have time to write it beforehand. That, But whatever else, I want to be grounded in that as my identity. Before anything else, that's what I am. That is what I am. And if I lose lose hold of that, I can drift far from that core of identity of what I am. Because it has a whole lot of, of, of um, implications for what I do next, what I think next. Now, I, I, I wrote the slide out a few times. The next one says, you are. And if you could just for one minute, this is going to sound really silly, but just look at someone else in the room. Try and make it someone you like. Try and look at someone. Thank you, John. He's looking at me. Anyway, just look at someone in the head. So I want you to just sort of scan your eyes around the room while I read, you are a part of the amazing web of life, a bona fide member of an authentic of it. I always wanted to do that. <laughs> Greta does it to me sometimes. You are a part of the you are a part of the amazing web of life, a bona fide member of it. Marlon, an authentic, genuine, real, true, legitimate, unalloyed, sterling member of the family of life. Is there not a dignity in that? Is there not a wealth of strength and beauty uh, in that? So the next slide, I want you to think of a man. Think of a man think of a man you like. Think of a man you like. That was very sweet, Louise, yes. <laughs> and hopeful, very hopeful. Okay, he is, think of who he is. He is a part of the amazing web of life, a bona fide member of it, an authentic, genuine, real, true, legitimate, unalloyed, sterling member of the family of life. Let's see, now I want you to think of a man, a male, that you don't like. And if you say there isn't one, you're not telling the truth. 
I don't mean you wish them harm. I just mean you just don't like them. You just don't like them. You never did. You don't like them. You don't like the way they are. The way they're honest. You don't like them. Now, I would prefer if you didn't point in the room, but I want you to think of someone you do not like. A male you do not like. And then we're going to use that slide again. So stay with the he slide there, Peter. Is that what he's doing? Yes. So that one you don't like. It rubs you the wrong way. He is a part of the amazing web of life, a bona fide member of it, an authentic, genuine, real, true, legitimate, unalloyed, sterling member of the family of life. That does give a little change to how you're seeing that person. You may resist and say, oh, not him. For good. No, 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 it doesn't qualify. Because, and then there's the list of the labels you'll put on it. And he may well have earned your disrespect, but it doesn't change that. Nothing changes that. Yes, George. No, 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 not at all. No, no. <laughs> what? Gotcha. <laughs> um, the the okay. So then the the next one is I want you to think of a female, a female that you really love and respect and care about. She is part of the amazing web of life. A bona fide member of it. An authentic, genuine, real, true, legitimate, unalloyed, sterling member of the family of life. Does she know that you know that? Does she know that you see her that way? What a beautiful thing. And now, of course, I want you to think of a female that you're not so comfortable with. Now, why did I change that? I didn't make that as harsh, did I? I have to think about that. Um, as a female you have difficulty with. Could be in your family. You could be sitting beside them. I don't know. A female you're having difficulty with. And, and if you say there's nobody you have difficulty with, you're not telling me the truth. There's somebody. Or it could be in the past. And then I'm going to do it again. She is part of the amazing web of life. A bona fide member of it. An authentic, genuine, real, true, legitimate, unalloyed, sterling member of the family of life. And you may think it doesn't change how you feel about her, but it ought to have defined her for you. That is a fact. And I put the next slide in for two reasons. There are organizations now, but that I think was telling me about in hers, where they are changing and allowing pronouns of plural and singular. And that may throw you off. That may be very new to you. But if someone identifies as not, not neither nor and they wish to be called something else, they are using the pronoun they. But I also wanted to use it for people we don't know. Anyway, uh, and, and, and thinking of the two cities we were talking about, the victims... The propagators, the people that, that, that are on either sides of those issues, they are part of the amazing web of life, a bona fide member of it. They are authentic, genuine, real, true, legitimate, unalloyed, sterling members of the family of life. And when we open our arms here and say everybody, that's a big stretch sometimes, but that defines Everybody, even when they're on, caught up in crime or come caught up in difficulties like that. So my question to us is, on several levels, where am I locked in a label, an identity, a, 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 a noun that I've put on myself or I've let people put on me that mars my celebration and my grounding and my stance in that statement? of reality and fact. 
where have I let that slip so I'm lesser than this because of another label? Because of it could be loser, it could be, it could be um, uh, uh, driven, it could be uh, another label that someone put. It could be because I'm male. I went to University of Toronto for some of my social work courses and, and I'm being very honest here, uh, three feminist scholars from U of T were classmates. And no matter what I said as a male, they said, you don't understand because you're not a woman. And I would say, well, I'm, I'm trying to understand, but you can't understand. And then I would say, okay, help me understand this. You can't. And it was almost an attack. And eventually I said, so should I just sit here and say nothing? Even then you are guilty. I said, I don't know where to go in this classroom. And it was fun, but it really was them saying, you, you don't know the labels you put on my gender. And I didn't. Not, but I still remember that, that interchange of not knowing. So they had a label on me I didn't even know was there. I had a label on them that I didn't know was there until we had this. And how do you remove that to get the ground under it, which is say we're both on this web of life together. We both have that commonality. Let's use it to push the labels away so we can get to that, to where we respect and honor each other as human beings first and then deal with the issues. So, who, who, who has locked you? But if you could possibly think of a race, a gender, a sexuality, a sexual identity that you've locked into, the label comes first before that they are a member of the web of life, just the same as you. No better, no worse, because on that web we sit as equal members of this. Now, I'm going to add... Um, to the they, the entire animal world, the entire vegetable world, the entire everything of life. Um, h- how have we put a label? Well, they're just a, they're just a bird in the Amazonian forest. Why did they're just a that? No, they're part of the web of life. They're just a, another complainer on the line up in the grocery. No, they're this. The, the, the labels we put are so... How, how, who have we locked into something that mars that from being the special honor we give each other? And then, who are we locking out of? We can lock someone into an identity and we can lock them out. Out of. They're not quite like us. They're not quite like me. And... and the diversity issue hits that bang on. Who, how, who are we locking out? Because we're not including everyone simply because they're on the web of life. Who are we locking out the animal life because we haven't put them on the web of life with us? We've got that's just that, and we move it away and we push it away. It's a huge thing to say we are all members of this web. The the last slide. The, the, yeah, there. That we are all equal to all other members as worthy of respect, as worthy of self-care, worthy of being loved by others, and loved by self. And that's the last one I want to turn. How dare you, how dare you disrespect yourself to such a degree that the first thing you don't know about yourself is that you are that, that you are part of the amazing web of life, a thinking, feeling human being before anyone else puts a label on you before anyone else puts you in or out of whatever how dare we exclude ourselves from that honor 
And therefore that self-care. No one's going to take care of you but you in the end. It's you. And it's not because, this is my old evangel, it's not to take care of yourself so that you can take care of other people. That's very nice. It's not quite good enough. Take care of yourself because you have the responsibility as a member of the web of life to honor you. Or why would you honor anyone else on the web? It's the same web. We're all on it. So your self-care is a responsibility that goes deep into that definition. Deep into that definition. To respect yourself as a member of that colossally amazing thing. Responsible for being on it. And how dare we move anyone else label first before that? How dare we knock them down pegs and they're not the same, they're not this. The label comes first instead of the identity. So when we stay grounded in the interconnectedness of life, I'm, I do this all the time. I, 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 have, I, have a, I meet a person or I see them and I already know. I've got ideas about them already because of something. And I need to put that first. I need to put that idea first, that I am now in the presence of someone who lives on the amazing web of life, a thinking, feeling human being. And if I've bumped into you incorrectly, if I've bumped into you and excluded you in some way, or if I've, whatever, that's, that's a fault, that's, that's wrong. And I, I want to redress that. You know, come and tell me, or come and tell you, come and tell each other. When we, when we, when we box that, how dare I not give myself that self-respect? How dare I not give you that respect of being on that? Not until you're saved, not until you're richer, not until you've erased your black skin and you've become like me, not until you've become a human and not, not, not a horse. Not until whatever, all those things, no conditions, just that. I have asked Donna if she would sing two verses of a familiar song um, to that openness to the reality of ourselves. And if, if you can use this time, you don't even have to, to, to remember the words, but if you want to sing along, you're welcome to. But it's that openness to this, who I am, what I am, before any other label that says, I will cherish that in myself. And I won't let you put a label on me that takes me away from that. But neither will I put a label on you that excludes you from that. This comes first. Life choices come based on it. So I'm going to ask Donna if she would sing that song. Spirit of truth 
can seem manipulative or telling you what to do or telling you what not to do and I never wanted to feel like that it's like more like an urging of let's think together about these things but open to all that I am I think is a beautiful grounding idea I am a part of the web of life a thinking feeling authentic genuine real true legitimate unalloyed sterling member of the family of life I want to treat myself that way, the best I can. Everything I can invest in doing that, I want to do. And I also see you as a part of the amazing web of life, a bona fide member of it, an authentic, genuine, real, true, legitimate, unalloyed, sterling member of the family of life. Do not let me treat you less than that. Do not let me. Do not let yourself let me. Do not let yourself let anyone at all. And do not let yourself treat anyone as less than that. There's lots to think about in that. What needs to change? What can open up? What can make a difference? But I go to the last, uh, the last slide, second last slide, the last quote that Elaine read. What progress, you ask, have I made recently? I have begun to be a friend to myself. That was said in, I think, five 560 BCE. So we're taking a long time to learn that one but it's a good thing to learn. people on the web of life. Uh, go out with that in your heart, in your head, in your actions, in your choices, in your choices not to, in your choices to. And I can't remember for the life of me what the sending song is. So if you could put it on the screen. There we go. Thank you. Thank you. Go, go as you are.